Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your host Keith Varney and Hey team, it's Mike and Deglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed, so I missed the, the practice. practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, get fat. Texting about pet appointments tomorrow. It's time for the vet. <laughs> you just gave up. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which me, I'm Keith Varney. I discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice with my buddy Mike and Deglio, Mike, have you really start started to grapple with the fact that we are in our penultimate episode of the practice? We were sitting there at uh, uh, what was the name of that restaurant? We met for lo- we met for a dinner, a, a late lunch, mm-hmm. early dinner. I love a dinner. Yeah. Uh, we were having drinks, and you said, "No, this is going to be great. We're going to do it." And I said, "We got to commit to it." And we did, Keith. We're we're two episodes away from fulfilling the promise that no one asked for, and luckily, no one received. Pretty much, judging by the statistics. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! You meant you and I. Oh, yeah, it was the Bonnie, yeah. the Bonnie, right. the Bonnie yes. in Astoria. Yeah, no, we yeah we sat there in that booth, and I was like, "Look." If we're going to do this, the practice, we have to do the whole thing. We cannot, we we cannot quit. We can't bail. And we sure didn't. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I spent the morning working on, uh, on music for our finale. And I have, I have two new songlets. So, uh, although here, you know what? I'm going to turn the tables on you, Mike. Yes, please. I don't know how many times throughout the run of this, you have, uh, on air, tried to get me to commit to doing something I don't want to do mm-hmm. uh, because you're too afraid to ask me off air when there aren't people listening. Yeah, okay. So here it is. Uh, I have, uh, I guess, like five songlets done, but we need one more. Okay. And I think uh, I have I have a lot of stupid songs for various characters and themes, but we need a plan B song. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm challenging you here mm-hmm. in this moment to, uh, to write and record plan B the song. It doesn't have to be more than like 45 seconds long. All right. Now I was going to say, I, I, we're ve- both very busy people. I, of course, I'm mm-hmm. trying to learn an entire musical in two weeks by myself. Uh, so that I can show up to rehearsal of we only have nine days to put this show up. So mm-hmm, I have to mm-hmm. basically know this, at least the music. So, and we have to record 
two out of practice podcasts and two finale episodes. <laughs> Somehow this to, is all going to happen. We we have four episodes. So everyone wondering if you're like, oh my god, Oops only has two more episodes. No, Oops has four episodes because we are going to do a season eight recap, just like we've done every time, and then a finale finale of the entire podcast. I think I can come up with a plan B. I'll give you 45 seconds of just maybe just some strumming or something. I'll come up, I'll give you something. Totally. It doesn't I'll, have to I'll be doesn't have to be fancy. Doesn't doesn't right. have to be fancy. I'll give you something. I can commit on air. All right, there it is. <laughs> I did it. That'll uh that that uh, that was my my plan A was to write it, but plan B <laughs> is to guilt Mike into doing it on, on the screen. Oh, that's funny. Oh, um, but uh but you know. Yeah, I I'm I am wrestling with it. I, you know, it's funny. Today, I was uh, waking up, and I was flipping through the emails, and I was like, oh, our buddy our buddy Matt wrote in. Oh, Phoenix wrote something funny in. Oh, like, I'm talking about these people who are, I'd have never met and have right. only, only exchanged emails with or in discussion of, you know, our lives because of the podcast or uh, – just, you know, b- via email b- about episodes or whatnot. And it's just been really kind of cool that as as small as the reach has been, there has been a reach. We popped up on Twitter the other week through somebody who was like, we didn't know was listening to the show. And, and there's some stats in other countries. It's fun to know that uh, there are other fans of this show and other fans of kind of the, the nonsense we do. It's been, and for you and I, as we've discussed before, not to get too far down this rabbit hole, but like it's... You know, we've grown a lot. It's been therapy. It's been uh, a rekindling of a friendship. It's it's sparked other creative stuff. And, and you know, some of the other shows we do are, like, some of the highlights of my whole week. We started an less, empire. A lot less work, to be honest. Uh, well, you know, but plan B is is uh, less work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you learn. We've learned. Uh, and it's it's been fun. It's it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. I am sad to see it go. But... It will hopefully live on, and and we'll see. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, you know, well, the, the, don't worry, folks. There's going to be an awful lot of wistful remembrances. We're going to have a whole, an entire episode basically dedicated to us talking about how sad we are this is done. Uh, but uh, before we do that, we have two more episodes to get through of the practice. We are we are coming to a conclusion. But that doesn't mean that uh, people can't support us. And they can do that at patreon.com slash K&M. You can see my sleepy, unshowered face with a blue shirt. So I'm being sort of keyed out uh, right here on your Patreon feed. Uh, so you you don't have to just listen to this. You can watch our sleepy eyes as we talk. Uh, we have bonus episodes. We have we can watch Mike watch Deep Space Nine, which is having seen I'd say about twenty minutes of it. It is oddly entertaining, <laughs> which is what I was going for. Oddly entertaining. It is yeah. It's just like oh yeah, I can totally see the value in watching Mike watch Deep Space Nine. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Keith, let me get you to commit to this. All right. Oh, I have crap. I have I have an idea for one of our Keith and Mike watches, okay. which is something we do for Patreon and a Patreon exclusive. Mm-hmm. We had promised, not, not promised. We had we had flirted with the promise mm-hmm. of doing a oops style podcast for Quantum Leap, which we kind of 
balked on because there's plenty of people have covered Quantum Leap via podcast way better than we would do. <laughs> but it's one of my fave shows, and mm-hmm. there is a new one coming out, the reboot. The reboot, that thus right. far has no, there is no interaction with our boy Scott, Scott Bakula, which makes me sad. But I thought it might be fun one of one, for one month of, on our Patreon when that comes out to watch the pilot of the original Quantum Leap mm-hmm. and then followed by the pilot of the new Quantum Leap and do a little compare and contrast. I thought that might be fun. Can we, can yeah. we commit to that? We can commit to that. Yeah, okay. no, totally. And especially, you know, uh, the Quantum Leap thing is fun for me because you're the expert. Ah, I, yes. Well, yeah. That that you have to be the the person, you know, you, you, we, have, we have to switch roles, right? Because mm-hmm. if we're going to do that, you're you're going to be me and I'm going to be you. Uh-huh. So I gotta note note the episode and everything. You gotta note the episode. You oh, gotta okay. you gotta pull get, in all get the, the guest information. Stars. All right. You gotta you gotta do all that. That's that is your your uh, basically you pay for choosing the show by mm-hmm. doing all the prep work. Yeah. All right. Well for look, for one episode and one pilot, I can do that. I think that's all fair. right. Yeah, fair enough. But who knows? we might find ourselves cooking that uh maybe once a month as opposed to once a week. So okay. uh I like that idea. Our, uh, before we move on from our Patreon, patreon.com slash K and M, we have to thank our Patreons, our patrons, uh, CloudLover69, CloudLover69, Jorge Novoa, Alan Zimmerman, Brian Kaufman, Casey Clark, The Mysterious, and CRM Productions, and Charles Babbage. We thank you very much for your continued support. Uh, it really does help what we're doing here. So uh, if you are not a patron and you are not uh, just contacting us on patreon.com slash K and M. You can contact us at out of practice podcast at gmail.com. Like our old friend and moderator Phoenix cage, who sent us a filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Okay. Okay, so uh, we mentioned that we heard from from Matt as well this week, but we're going to save it for next week because uh, it's it's cool, it's interesting. Um, but Phoenix says this week, uh, Mike, to answer your question, I do not know what you should be drinking during the final episode, but I do know what you should be eating: Gorbachev dog food and yes. Danny Tater spader tots. Uh, I love it, and yes, a hundred percent. We will get some callbacks uh, to two of the just stupidest things we've ever said on the internet. But I mean, made me that, laugh. Still make me that, laugh. That is a long list, but uh, yeah. yes, I'm definitely going to. Uh, I'm going to create and then share the recipe for Danny Tater Spader Tots uh, that I can eat. R.I.P. Now, when we had Danny Tater, had did he unfortunately had was he still with us? Huh? No. Oh. Uh, no. No. <laughs> I think that was the, probably the impetus of the whole thing. I don't, I, I think we just misspoke. <laughs> I, I I think you said Danny Tater or something instead of yeah. Spader. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's crazy how... We just say so many words for so many hours, how mm-hmm. quickly it gets deleted. Where yeah. I genuine people will reference stuff I said two days ago, and I have no idea what you're talking about because 
it is all this is all in in uh, in ram it's definitely not getting saved to the hard drive so uh yeah danny tater spader tots delicious and uh bring your dog give him some gorbachow and uh you know give him a tater give him a danny spader tot yeah just one just one though Otherwise, danny spader tot all right we, you know what let's go ahead and get into the episode the meat of the tater, if you will. Yes, indeed. All right, that means we have to hop back into the time machine and talk about May 2nd, the year 2004. Mike, what were you doing? This day in the basement. I have no idea what I was doing in May. I think I was still in Park Slope. I hadn't left for- You still don't yet. have your emails yet? No, it's crazy. How do you uh, not? How do you, of all people, the nerdy nerd McNerd, not have your emails? I will say this though. Uh, one other thing I loved about that Park Slope apartment that I had was my girlfriend at the time had this Pauler pa- pa- guitar, which is a different scale as a regular guitar. It still has the same uh, layout. You play it the same. Everything's the same. But instead of like. Uh, 20 some frets it has like 12 it's very sm- the, the neck is very much truncated and I love that little thing it's a mahogany pa- pa- parlor, par- parlor guitar I cannot speak and I loved playing that and uh, that was one of the things I missed when we broke up I didn't recognize it at the time because I was I thought I missed the girl but turns out Keith I miss that guitar and the dog a lot more than the girl ever so well, uh, I, I mean uh, look you uh, you replaced the girl you replaced the dog uh why don't you get yourself a parlor guitar? Uh, you know what? I actually did get, I didn't get a parlor guitar. I did get a smaller scale mahogany guitar, Martin, that I love and I play quite often. So uh, I, I sort of almost replaced that one. So there you go. Keith, why don't you tell me what the emails say and I'll see if anything else jogs up. Ah, uh, okay. Well, uh, here we are. It's May 2nd, 2004. I'm just about to have my 24th birthday. Good <sighs> Lord. Oy. Uh, so, uh, in my emails, I found out that I had my first agent meeting. Ooh. Uh, where I went in, uh, this was acting, not writing, and uh, went in and did sort of a little agent audition uh, for a guy uh, whose name I was able to remember. I can't believe it. And uh, I thought I did okay, but he sat there and was on his phone and shuffling papers the entire time, didn't look up, did not sign me. So uh, that... Now looking back on it uh, and realizing who that agent was, because I've been in the in the biz sort of since two thousand for twenty one years, and I don't think his name ever came up again professionally. <laughs> so I think perhaps it was better that I didn't get signed instead um, to go with a uh, Philadelphia based agent slash. Bail Bonds woman, and that's what really got my career going. Veronica, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, um, and I got you that agent because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. Uh, coattails, baby. Yeah, and then we. She wanted to like open a theater. It that was a rabbit hole that you and I. I think we've discussed that at nauseum. What a crazy. Rabbit no, hole yeah, that's a, that's something we have to Greek most of when we're on air. But you know, in in real life, if you run into us, buy us a beer, we'll tell you the story. Uh, but but Keith, I, I do. Oh, you keep going, keep going. I'll I'll I'll, I'll go I, on. I have one more uh, important thing that happened this week, and I I don't think I think this was just like sort of a preamble. I don't think the the event started until later. But uh, 
the next woman I would have a serious relationship with and I were emailing that week. Ooh. Um, and, uh, were they it, saucy? No. Oh, good Lord. No, we were, we were both taking the same acting class and, uh, we were, I forget what we were emailing about. I'm like, Oh, look at that. That's a very early email from, uh, who uh, would become my, uh, fairly serious. We moved in together for a while. Girlfriend, um, who, uh, she was she was really cool. She's a she's a really really cool lady. Um and was a uh, she was a world famous ballroom dancer. If you believe it. She was a national champion, represented the US and the Nationals and Canada and uh mm. was a like actually like I, I don't like, I, no like, ballroom dancers aren't like people people know, but like in the ballroom dancing world, she has a big old deal. Little did she know she was about to make some room for your balls. Thank you for listening to the Outer Practice Podcast. My mother is listening. <laughs> No, I think I think I just won. I think I won the podcast after five years or whatever. I think we all lost. Nobody is better for that. (laughs) When it popped in my head, I really was excited about it. And then I went through the whole all like, should I say that? That's that's a person. Uh, But then, uh, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, we would have edited it out, but hell no, now it stays. No, um, no, no. We're 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 there. We're there. Keith, have a fun, quick game. Um, okay. You know how you know a lot of people probably know, but then again, a lot of people don't know. Out of practice podcast actually is a, a spinoff itself from a, a musical theater podcast. Keith and I had attempted mm-hmm. many years ago. I have to point out if you can't see it, Mike is still crying. I am. That was I made, really made myself laugh. Um, <laughs> so. To to kind of to do a callback and a wrap up, Keith, I had mentioned many times on this podcast that I worked briefly at this period of time for the National Alliance for Musical Theater, NAMPT, if you will, uh, as a uh, an administrative assistant who was referred to as an intern mm-hmm. uh, by a horrible woman. Um, and the 16th annual Festival of New Musicals, I worked on, and I helped make some selections and I thought what well, might be fun Keith because you work in the theatrical index you have mm-hmm. your pulse on this industry if we were to look back at the musicals that I that we made for that festival and see if any of them how any of them did I have a list all pulled up here in so two, that festival, in 2004 yeah so that yeah um I would have been working on it in May uh because we kind of worked on it all year especially throughout the summer all right happened in October and, it happened in October, so this right. would be a good time to kind of... We won't get to October, yeah. obviously. Well, you, so well you're now. doing the submissions. Yeah, I'd love to hear what was in Nantes in 2004. Okay, so we selected uh, Frank Wildhorn and Nat Knighton's Camille Claudel. Hmm. That's a... So, doesn't I mean, sound like it had any legs. A, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that ever got done, but Frank Wildhorn's obviously a major player. I mean, listen to some of the people that we had in that cast. We had uh, Leslie, Be- Leslie Becker... Uh, Matt Bogart, Nick Cavara, Linda Edder sang on that. Wow. Uh, Darren Ritchie. Uh, Ritchie, yeah, okay. Jesus. <laughs> so following was one of my selections, uh, The Drowsy Chaperone. Yes. And Tony that Wayne. went on. 
went on to do quite well. We had uh, Danny Bernstein in that, Christine Ebersole, uh, Richard oh. Kind, Bob Martin, Chris Sieber. We really, they kind of had it kind of well, cast and ready to go. Although, although uh, Ebersole, was, that was Beth's part probably, yeah? Yes, yes. Yeah. So... Uh, this next one, I'm curious to know if it, it had any legs. I think they there was one or two productions. I think Roy Miller picked it up for small, but I thought it was really great. The presentation was really great. It's called The Flight of the Lawn Chair Man. Oh, definitely heard of it. No, yeah, it was based no. on the, that dude from, like, Passaic, right? New Jersey, who, like, stuck balloons. It was the kind balloon of up. guy. Yeah, it was kind yeah. Of up before up. Yeah, who was in that? Uh, any names that pop out here? No, not really. Uh, but who was that by? Pa- Peter, Peter Yulian? Oh, I, I don't know. <clears throat> then there was The Girl in the Frame by Jeremy Desmond. Oh, Desmond's a friend of mine. Yeah, and, and Mark Bruni was the director of that. Uh, I don't know if that really kind of got picked up for anything. He's uh, doing a, fine. A Good Man by Philip S. Goodman and Ray Leslie. Seeing if there's any friends. Anika Nani Rose was in that wow. uh, presentation. Now, these were 45-minute presentations, so it wasn't like a huge thing. Ah, this one I loved. I was had a part. Langston and Harlem by... I Kent Nash, saw Walter that. Marks. Yeah. I saw it when it transferred off Broadway. Oh, it was a killer cast. Uh, Darius Tejas, Jerry Dixon, Daniela Graves, uh, Brandon Massey, uh, Billy Porter. Uh, some huge voices in that. Striking 12. Remember Striking 12? They they tour, They still do Striking 12. I don't know that. There was a band. I'm trying to remember the name of the band. It was like a violin player, a drummer, and a keyboard player who kind of did a, a it was a the little matchstick girl. This is literally is- like a conversation we should be just having off air. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Winesburg, Ohio, I think that was a thing that, I think that had some legs. But it sounds like Drowsy Chaperone, that was all of them. It sounds like Drowsy Chaperone was the big winner of that. That, that was the big festival. one. Well, but that's that's a pretty, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good, pretty good lineup you got there. Yeah, and we only had to produce 14 or 45 minutes. So 12, that was about 12 shows, 10, maybe not even, and 45 minutes. And still couldn't keep the money up to do it so uh well that but it's hard you know, to put together festival that's why nymph is still there and nymph is not yep um but uh yeah interesting wow I, i'd love to see like the list of all of i mean i'm all that is very much available but uh you did a good job picking stuff because even if the shows didn't move on those were all good people yeah and you know and it was always fun that was the that's the 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 story i have about um Oh my god, I can't think of her name right off the top of my bat. The, uh, you know the Sondheim lady. Oh my god, ladies who lunch. Why can't I think of it? Keith, I need your help. Oh, oh, you mean uh, um um. Oh Jesus! Now I've now I've lost it. The original, the original ladies who lunches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh uh. Duh. Why am I not doing this? Oh, Elaine Stritch. Elaine Stritch. It's my, 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 everybody's got an Elaine Stritch story. That's my Elaine Stritch story. So she came to that festival in 2004 and it was at New World Stages. And I think it was at the time called Dodger Stages. Mm-hmm. And she, there, it's subterranean. So you had to go down an escalator to get there. And one of my jobs of that day was to walk some of the VIPs to their theater that they were going to be, she was seeing a screening of, I think it was Frank's piece. I don't remember. Anyway. I said, hello, I got her at her car and I brought her to the escalator and she went, oh, I don't do escalators. And she turned around, Keith, left, got back in the car and that was it. <laughs> so there you go. That's my lens. I mean, story. there were stairs. She said, I don't do escalators and she got in her car and left. 
And that is a true story. Well, I mean, uh, I I think that speaks to how much she actually wanted to go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What are we doing? I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I don't do escalators, Mike. (laughs) But you know what I do do? Uh, we talk about the practice. Remember when this used to be a, a show about the practice? Do yep. do. Uh, we are going to be talking about season eight, episode twenty-one, "New Hoods on the Block." Uh, and again, this was May second, two thousand four. So now it is time to. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Well, folks, can you believe we were still listening to Yeah! Usher featuring Lil Jon and Ludacris. Who are we listening to today? One of my new favorite things I've ever seen. This is the Flula cover by Flula on YouTube, who I guess does this. Uh, 800 and 900,000 subscribers. He's Flula. Uh, you can wow. check him out on YouTube at Flula. F-L-U-L-A. Wow. Well, Flula, you're welcome for the oopsie bump. We were uh, watching Mean Girls was the top movie this week. And the Burlington Free Press talked about waiting for Walmart. Uh, and I don't know exactly what the specifics were on that. Uh, because I know Walmarts were already there, but Vermont proudly was the last state in the union to get a Walmart. Huh. So uh, there you go. There's your trivial trivia, folks. You know what it's time for. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. The Philadelphia Hockey Flyers eliminated the Toronto Hockey Leafs with a 3-2 overtime victory in Game 6. Jeremy Roenick scored with his 7-minute and 39-second mark on the first overtime period. This would set a matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals, led by former University of Vermont superstar Martin Saint-Louis. Saint-Louis. Marty St. Louis, uh, who uh, NHL MVP, MVP of the playoffs that year, uh, you know, uh, watched me in my own hockey brawl that I was in back in the day. Uh, of course, you would support time. the brawl, Keith, wouldn't you? He, mm-hmm. I, sh- I, <laughs> I started it. <laughs> and, what would uh, Alan Shore have to say about that? What's that? What would Alan Shore have to say about that? Uh, well, I, I, I think if I saw Alan Shore, I'd probably drop the gloves. And uh, he'd have to participate in one. Yeah, so, there's uh, only one thing Alan's interested in dropping, and it ain't his gloves, Keith. No, it is not. But if he, if he did drop what he wanted to drop, I'd want to wear gloves. Okay, <laughs> so here we are. Let's talk about... I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. <laughs> Okay, folks, this episode was written by David E. Kelly and Frank Renzulli, who also wrote on Trees in the Forest all the way back in season two. And it was directed by Bill Delia, once again, who last directed the case against Alan Shore. It is our penultimate episode. We are right here at the end. 
And uh, I want to know. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Well, Keith, I think that out of nowhere this episode, we are going to continue the courtship of Alan Shore and Coyote Ugly. And it's going to be an oddly, like, rom-com type episode where they, like, flirt and flounce and it's going to maybe get partially serious. Mike, could you possibly just demonstrate flirting and flouncing for me? Oh, Keith. <laughs> flounce, flounce. And, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, you're welcome. And uh, what I think is the important part, and this is sort of a like spoiler for next week, <laughs> it is a plot point that will be thoroughly explored this week and then next week completely and utterly forgotten mm-hmm. because Alan has to be a, a swing and single for Boston Legal. Mm, mm. So it's going to be a flirt and flounce and next week bounce. Flirt and flounce and bounce. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I, I as think, Keith as Keith as Keith was doing in those emails back in I 2004. I think Mike just invented Tinder. <laughs> Could have made a lot uh, of money be, if you invented But he's going to be a complete gentleman, Keith. I'm sure we can both agree he's going to be a complete gentleman about oh, it. Oh, always. Always. All right. Well, it is time. There is less there is about a feature film, a short feature film left of the practice. Let's watch the first half. You know what? Uh, oh, is it a two-parter finale? I no. So. No, oh. I, just in running time. <laughs> oh, oh, why don't you go ahead? You know, I've done this every episode pretty much. It's, I'm going to let mm-hmm. you do it because I don't have the, uh, the name of the episode handy. Oh, okay. I thought you were being chivalrous, but <clears throat> no. no, you just didn't have it up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the practice. Season 8, episode 21, New Hoods Alan, in the Block. Hold up. Yo. On the Block. Did you just say yo? Very upset. Coyote Ugly is kind of, dressed you know, for work. Thing going. They're, the thing. They're yes, there. Yes, a thing. We kissed. That's uh, You kissed. And you received and we danced. You grabbed my ass. You, you saluted my quest to be myself. That at least adds up to a potential thing that needs to be dealt with. Sally. When I told you I was attracted to professional women, I truly Alan got a haircut. Professional women. I'm not accepting that. You're not accepting it. You like me. I can always tell when a man has feelings for me. I don't care how much you try to kid yourself. You're not fooling me. Keith, it's a flirt and flounce and bounce. There it is. She flirted, she flounced, she bounced. Oh, she bounced. She, she she did. Teddy Crane. I believe they were I'm Golden Globe nominated this year. Wonderful news. Had breakfast this morning. You must be beside yourself. Oh no, that's not the news. Had breakfast this morning with General Counsel. So the cold open, Keith, doesn't one of show any of the characters of the practice as we've come to know. No, none whatsoever. We're taking over their SUV cases, which is beyond huge. I want Hannah, Alan, you of course, in my office at fourteen hundred hours. Aye aye. Teddy Crane. Did he say SVU cases or SUV cases? SUV cases. Okay. That, that, that doesn't seem like a good tonal shift. Yeah, I was going to say, it's get, things are getting weird. 
I don't think Denny Crane should be handling any SVU cases. SUV cases, that makes perfect sense to me. You ever noticed how in this season, the the opening used to be very monochromatic. It was like gray with a touch of blue just barely, but almost no color. And mm -hmm. now it's got all these other colors. It's got a much brighter blue. It's got like a little yellow in it, a little red. They have a... Uh, Okay, well, I'm not going to tell you your business, Jimmy, because I know that's not my place. I love that we are getting the, the Berluti show, guy. though. I did. No, you yeah, didn't. I mean, Manny did. I think I'd rather watch the Berluti show than... What uh, should I have done, Susie? Again, not my place. Currently, the Berluti show just consists this of two people street. getting high oh, cholesterol. Fancy Beacon Hill office. I mean, that's basically our I show, though. Around. Yeah, that's That fair. fat slob has bullied every lawyer that's tried to come in here, and he intimidates clients, too. I talked to my mother... She says he's a coward. It's sort of just my DeMeo, cousin Vinny. Yeah. Just like a mm -hmm. TV, my cousin Vinny. Excuse me. And Debbie I've been Bazaar is back. Interrogation thing over and over in my head, Jimmy. And, well, I think maybe the police did coerce me. I mean, what I said wasn't totally voluntary. Okay. How so? Well, they attached these tiny little electrode thingies to my privates, and they would zap me. They didn't like my answers. It made me react all involuntary. <laughs> what? Manny told you to say this. He said they torture, that they're doing this kind of thing in the Guatemala Bay area. Guantanamo Bay. Gigi, I am not going to lie. If the day comes, I decide to lie. This is Billy's Broad Brush Consortium. What are you looking for today? Oh, uh, yeah, my name's David E. Kelly. I'm looking for a giant broad brush to paint with. Ah, oh, you come to the right place. Uh, here at Billy's Broad Brush Consortium, we got all kinds of broad brushes you can paint your characters with. You need a big one, a really big one, or are you talking bug my ass and electrode my genital broad? Which one are you looking for? Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying I want the IQs. I want the IQs. I want them from somewhere between 40 and 62. No more, oh, we, no less. Oh, have we got the IQ broad brush for you. It won't be with one of Manny's ridiculous concoctions. I love him, Jimmy. And, and his concoction. Yeah. If you can get this thing to go away, well, then maybe I can get him to forgive me. Got some ballroom for the concoctions. I just think you should have counsel. The commission wants to hear from me, not my attorney. Plus, you can I have advise our broker spec. No, I cannot. I'm on the nominating committee. It would be total. Uh, advise me now, then. All right. It could get very political. The main thing for you is to impress them with the idea that you will uphold the law. As a defense attorney, you could be viewed as being potentially soft. You on think crime. Eugene you being up for a judge would be, be like the A-line story? You'd, you'd I think, come yes. With you. I think that would be very wise. Also, the death penalty. What about it? If it comes up, and it may, you'll have to finesse this. Romney is looking to impose it. And what, I'm required to agree with that? No. You simply say that you're bound to uphold the law, that as a judge you will uphold the law and get out. Yeah, see, what this you do... Critical, Eugene. Uh, when when uh, When you're being confirmed as a judge... And there's like something very important that people like a right, maybe that people are uh, very keen on, uh, you know, retaining. 
And you just say, no, I would never do that. I would never do that. And then immediately do it is, is, is I think, the, what the goal is there. The arsenal? Yeah. First thing we need to do is develop a strategy. These vehicles still roll. It's a growth industry, and I want to capture it. We need a strategy. Hannah, I'd like you to come up with an overall... What's the word? Uh, strategy? Exactly. Alan, turns out our first case comes up for trial in June. Your former colleague is handling it. That big-boned woman from your old firm. The one that scares me. Eleanor Frott. Our client will no doubt be evaluating us in this first case. I'd like you to take it, since... I'm afraid I can't. Why not? Eleanor's a friend. I'm not trying cases against her. Son, Especially success ones in which is never so sweet as when we can... You call her big bone. The process. Just yeah. the same. Hannah, you don't have friends, do you? None. Excellent. Tara, see that Hannah gets what she needs. I believe that covers it. Anything That else? was funny. Oh, yes. Denny Crane. That was funny, too. Dismissed. Manny, I can't go flipping Charlie Andretti, Jimmy. I mean, we need to come up with a solution. There was just a guy playing spoons. They were like special skills. prosthetic leg. ...to your girlfriend's genitalia. Now stop being an idiot. This is Billy Gardell back. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. You know I got labeling issues. I'm sorry. She wants you back, you know. Gigi. Manny, sometimes the toughest thing in the world to do is forgive. And sometimes the more you love somebody, the harder it is. What are you, dear Abby now? Spinny, what happened to your head? Ten guesses. Literally the everyone fish. in Jimmy's office Not has their ass kicked. But his name did come up between kicks. I gotta fire you, Jimmy. Spinning. I will talk to him. He's got me by the coyones. I'm into this guy for 2,500 plus juice. He's juicing you? No, point and a half. Does he do this with everybody? Hey, if I borrow from a loan chuck, I'd be paying five points a week. That's, of course, if I was to pay him. All Susie. right. Gail, please. Spinning. Guy who's getting juiced. The guy getting juiced. Is a 2021 Oscar nominee for acting for Best Supporting Actor from The Sound of Metal. It's Paul Racy, who you oh, would... wait. You are you telling me that that man that is man not deaf? Uh no the the lead actor. I, I I haven't seen the movie. Oh my god! First of all, the movie's incredible. Second of all, in the movie. No spoilers. Uh, Reza Ahmed, who's the lead, goes to like a uh, a retreat, let's just say, uh, where he meets, lives with all these other people who are uh, deaf or... or uh, have hearing loss. Yes. Yeah. Yes, have hearing loss. But I believe are all deaf, fully deaf in, in, in this retreat. And this man gives a absolutely heart-wrenching, non-speaking, non-verbal... Um, he's obviously speaking. He's communicating uh, through ASL, and it is absolutely, absolutely heartbreaking and wonderful. And I would have been absolutely. Did he? He didn't win the Academy Award, I don't think. No, he, he was might nominated. Have? Okay, 
it was incredible. Um, I would have bet everything I had that he was, he's clearly fluent in ASL, but I would have thought he was, he w- had no speech, but I guess no, he's I, just a he, great actor. Uh, and and here, here's an interesting, I was looking up, up on uh, IMDb. Uh, yeah, I think he may have, he is the hearing son of deaf parents. Mm. That is, but he is a, a legally certified sign, sign language interpreter and is the musician and lead singer of a, the band Hands of Doom, an ASL rock Black Sabbath tribute band Amazing. where he sings and uh, does ASL while he uh, performs. Keithan, you have clearly forgotten, but uh, Sound of Metal was on uh, a segment we used to do called More TV. Hey. Cancel this afternoon's appointments. And he also did a 10-second spot on the practice. Do you see yourself? You know, more TV feels like a segment that could be a Patreon-exclusive show we do. I would like to see the mm. courts and specifically judges show respect for the law. You think that's currently a problem? A big one. We've this got Claudette Roche, and more and more judges are becoming slaves to expediency. More and more, the Constitution is being molded and manipulated to fit a judge's political or moral point of view. It has to stop. I can see your firm has handled several capital cases out of state, each time taking a position against the death penalty. Uh, we're a defense firm. Our clients tend to disfavor being executed. Fair <laughs> enough. But as a judge, would you impose the death penalty? Should it ever become law in this state? No. Why not? One, I consider human life to be intrinsically sacred. And I do not believe the state should engage in the systemized taking of human life. Two, our judicial system is flawed. We wrongly convict over 10,000 people a year, some of whom are sentenced to die. Now, you can always release an exonerated man from prison, but bringing him back from death has proven to be trickier. DNA has already cleared 100 men, many on death row. Clearly, something isn't working. And what would you say, Mr. Young? to the mother whose five-year-old daughter has been raped and murdered? The Michael Dukakis question. I would say, if it were my daughter, I'd like to kill whoever did it myself. The answer and you should I have given. face to face with a guy, I couldn't guarantee any of you that I wouldn't kill him. But if I did, it would be wrong. And for the state to kill reflectively, absent emotion on ceremony, it is not right. And if I might add, one of the biggest problems we have today. Our children are being raised in a culture that not only condones revenge, but perhaps even celebrates it as a societal good. It's wrong. Would it be great if like, judges just said what they believed and then let the chips fall where they may? Yeah, yeah. I love that. I mean, I I wish the episode were that. Because I'm... Give me all of Eugene talking about the death penalty I can get. Do you not want to be confirmed? I want to be confirmed for who I am, not who they want me to be. Come on, you can't possibly be so pig-headed that you... What did you say? Eugene, can we please have an honest conversation here? Do you want this judgeship or not? It's a good question. I want it desperately. Then why behaves? 
I truly don't get it. So big boned. My brother went to jail for a crime he didn't do. You know this. He died in prison. And? Well, and since that day, I made a vow. The best way to fix the justice system is up there on the bench. And, and I think the reason I want it so bad, Eleanor, is because it's the same thing that makes me so angry when, when I think of what happened to my brother and... And get there, Eugene. Get there for your brother. Hello. Uh, I'm looking for Eleanor Frutt. I'm Eleanor Frutt. Keith, it's a Hi. crossover episode. I'm Hannah Rose. <laughs> we just took over the Lansing Motors case. We now represent the defendant. Oh. I'm from Cranepool and Schmidt, where Alan Shore works. And while I know things ended badly between Alan and this firm, and I thought to avoid getting off on an acrimonious foot, I'd just come by and introduce myself. Actually, Alan and I remain friends. Oh, well, that's a relief to know. I am not a huge fan of contention. And you chose a career in litigation. <laughs> I look at <laughs> so it as dispute resolution. She didn't say she didn't anyway, like contention. And I was reviewing your motion to compel production of documents. Mm -hmm. I believe prior counsel was a little withholding, as you suspected. And I intend to have all documents delivered by the close of business. Thank you. Anyways, nice to meet you. Don't be suspicious about that. She seemed nice. Alan. Yo. Bounce and bounce. Bounce and bounce. Tonight's lousy for me. Hannah signed me some research on the SUV case, so we'll have to make it tomorrow night. Make what tomorrow night? Our dinner. Didn't I tell you we were having dinner? No, Sally. You forgot to mention that. Now you know. Wait a second. Yo. I swear, I had nothing to do with that. Go to dinner with her, Alan. Uh, I Thanks, thought you Sarah. wanted me to ask you to dinner. Perhaps I do. But I'm speaking in your interest now, and your interests seem to lie with her. Don't be ridiculous. She's a child. It would be a violation of my parole to have dinner with her. You see, here's what you need to know. Is that you like her, and you don't like yourself. With her, you get to remake yourself. At least somewhat. I thought you wanted me to ask you to dinner. Jimmy Pescatori at law. Also, oh, for those keeping track at home, they're only about three years different. Is he in there? He's with a client. Tell him Jimmy Berluti is out here and he's very angry. I know who you are. Go on. I'll call you if I hear anything. Thanks, Len. You got an appointment? I just saw Spinny. Good for you. Who's next? Mr. Terranova. He's got seven stitches above his eye. Some people shouldn't drink and walk. Come on in, Mr. Terranova. What kind of a lawyer are you? You're supposed to be You're going to be a very expensive walk. show that gets I'd canceled like after one season. But as you can see, I've got clients to take care of. Do they know that you charge interest on what they can't pay up front? Ooh. Here. Whatever he's charging you, I'll do it for half. Rocco! 
no juice. Okay, everybody out. Come back in an hour. Why? Vermin infestation. Come on, let's go. On the ammo. But what about my appointment? We plead no contest. You pay the fine and me, it all goes away. What are you doing? Eileen, wait in the office. Lenny. Now! And close the door. Raise a finger, and I'll have you before the BBO before you can light your next cigar. We'll see how much speech you got when your jaw is wired. Wait, just wait a second. I want to be perfectly clear as to what's about to happen here. You haven't been away from the neighborhood that long, Jimmy. You know what's about to happen. Get him. <laughs> You're a dead man, Jimmy. You're dead. You don't know just who you pepper missed. Sprayed him. Yeah. Now, where I'm troubled is in your own firm, if I'm to believe statements made by you under oath, you had an attorney who engaged in egregiously unethical, if not criminal, conduct. I assume you're referring to Alan Shore? Concealing evidence, blackmail, extortion, assuming false identities, suborning perjury. We certainly did not authorize Mr. Shore to commit these infractions. But you let it go on. No. No. We fired him. After several months of this behavior, after profiting from this conduct, profit in the amount of $9 million, now, that's dirty money, Mr. Young. We attempted to sanction Mr. Shaw's behavior many times and... But you let it go on, and only after you got rich from this unethical behavior, only then did you attempt to shut it down. That is totally false. And maybe this would be a good time to point out that if I were to become a judge, my style would be to hear evidence before I started making conclusions. Especially the unfounded kind. You seem to have a temper. So, Eleanor. A lot of negative space in the Eugene scenes, and I enjoy it. Especially with yeah. that positive attitude. The, idea the pace on this version of the practice is different than the pace is going on, at our on the false and legal practice your personal bouncy bouncy, bouncy. Don't handle me please if this is about your brother and vindicating an injustice done to him then rise up with your best in that room you haven't done that yet whatever i say is self-serving let's forget it something happened at the office what lots of boxes in oh God's this name. is the discovery bill and rose discovery hannah rose document production on the SUV case, and this isn't all. The storage is full, too. That was somebody's job that day, what and it I sucked. To do? It I know, it's a very expensive prank. Plus, they were bigger. It's just pepper spray. I mean, it's kind of feminine, Jimmy. Hey, I got news for you. I gotta be alive to keep your fat ass out of prison. You think about that? What now? Well, I know it's fat. You don't got to say it. You don't got to label it. I'm here in my Captain oh, Picard shirt. Did you hear that extra in the background? No. He went, somebody, somebody, where's Gino? <laughs> uh, oh, now no. Jimmy's car's on fire. My car! We're on the low budget The Godfather. But you could use a good lawyer. Low budget, oh, low my. IQ. You are a lawyer. Did you do this? No matter. Just walking with my marshmallows, seeing the fire, thought there was a roast going on. <laughs> but you know, if I was gonna do something, it would be because somebody has something coming. What goes around comes around. That's like an old Latin saying, isn't it? I bet you know Latin. Race ipsa 
That's lawyer lingo. Locator. Oh. Vinny, Vinny, Vicky. That's serious, lad. Vinny. So, <laughs> he just knocked him out with a shovel. To which my question is, where the hell did he get a shovel? This is Jimmy's Broad Brush Emporium. You looking for a shovel? I'll twelve. Yeah, we don't use brush. I don't brush Anna. nothing, but I shovel hey, like hell. Do you know where I can find Hannah Rose? Yeah, her office is just over there. How you doing, Tara? You look just smashing in your uniform, Tara. You sent me about 400,000 pages of documents. Oh. I thought it better to give you too much than too little. Did you know? The trial starts in June. It would take me six months with a staff of 20 to go through all those boxes. I believe the request went to any and all documents pertaining to design as well as documents discovered in previous lawsuits. My client has been sued tens of thousands of times, Eleanor. We've produced millions of documents. I know all about your client's tactics. Tactics judges and prior trials have labeled reprehensible, disgusting. Yes, and I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. That's why I'm giving you everything. You're hiding evidence in a mountain of papers, knowing full well it would be next to impossible for me to find what I need. I'm shocked you could make such an accusation. This is a blatant abuse of the discovery process, and I'm going to the judge. I certainly hope you don't do that, Eleanor. But if you do, I might be forced to share a concern of mine. Which is? Your firm is understaffed and ill-equipped to handle major product liability litigation. The fact that our document production has so crippled you is a testament to your limitations. I think you should refer your client to a larger firm. I mean, she's not wrong. might compel me to share my concern with the judge. I suppose if we were to settle this now, we could avoid all this unpleasantness. We'll offer you $210,000 today. Does Hannah Rose no make it to Boston Legal Keith? Uh, spoiler alert. Three people died. It's only two weeks away. <laughs> like she might not make it out of the seat. Money, Eleanor. Mm. money you might not see if the client is properly advised to retain other counsel. This is disgusting. That's harsh. My firm is quite capable of prosecuting this case. Excellent. You will be sure to pass on my concern to your client just the same. Right on the head? He regained consciousness. He'll be fine. Jimmy, things are getting out of control here. You gotta do something. Not that it's my place to tell you that. My cousin Lucy? Susie. They all got a bat. Everybody's got a, bat. got a bat. There are now four Louisville sluggers available because there's one still against the wall. And they're the three characters he took. I mean, do they. Do they have his logo Whatever on it? Whatever our differences, for somebody from my neighborhood, your neighborhood, to use pepper spray, I would sooner you whack me, Jimmy, than to shame our people that way. Second, bad joke. you knocked now unconscious twice. a man very dear to me, best man at my wedding. He set my car on fire. You're talking about property. Rocco is a human being. Now, I gotta bash your head. Lenny, you and I grew up on the same block. I've seen you on the baseball field. You swing a bat like my mother. Oh, is Zing. that what you think? I think you two need to have a sit down with Raymond. Raymond Fischetti? His neighborhood. He settles Fischetti's the Fischetti's Biscetti? 
I think that's a good idea. Wonder what Raymond's gonna think of you juicing clients. Jimmy, I come in here seeking peace. Yeah. I see the olive branch in your hand. Let's you and I have a sit down. Private. See if we can work it out. Tomorrow. Here. Street justice. Two o'clock. Or Ludi style. Yeah. Baluti style. You handled that very well. This is absolutely insane. To a strategy of yours known as Plan B. What is Plan B, Mr. Oh, Plan B. Young? Yeah. It's an offensive strategy where we try to implicate another suspect in a crime. A suspect you have a good faith belief committed the crime? No. So it's a strategy designed purposely to mislead the jury, to steer them away from the truth? It's an adversarial process, Mr. Richmond. The state must prove guilt beyond all reasonable doubt. The defense attorney tries to create reasonable doubt, doing so zealously within the bounds of the law. Plan B is within the bounds. Barely. Anything more than barely would be less than zealous. You've tried to convince juries that somebody else did it. It's a good line. Somebody you know to be in Great one. It may strike you as morally unethical, and I might agree. But legal ethics require That's that a distinction without a difference. No, it's a distinction with a big difference. And if you don't get that... To knowingly accuse innocent people. I have to say that I think that... And I'm probably being gracious, but I think that with the penultimate episode here, David E. Kelly kind of restating a bunch of his legal, if not political, thesis theses uh, through Eugene at this level is actually I'm I'm here for. Oh yeah, no, this is yeah. this is exactly what I want. I would love yeah. to have the whole final arc be about. I don't know, like, re, you know, the recapping or or defending or exploring the themes of the show. It, it's maybe not the final arc, but it's, I mean, it's it's in service yeah, it's, of that, it's right? In we've, here. Got no, and I, and I, we've got the No, no, I, I, B. this story I love. Yeah. Even prosecutors don't do that. You have to understand how this commission could have questions about your character. Excuse me, may I be heard? <gasps> my name is Bobby Donald. And Give me my Bobby with a beard. Yes! <laughs> Holy Keith, how did you keep it in? <laughs> I know that lawyer from somewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this character of Bobby Donald is played by Dylan McDermott, who has a Two Emmy nominations. Uh, you might know him from Law and Order, Organized Crime, um, The uh, Pursuit of the uh, per the Perks of Being a Wallflower, Olympus Has Fallen, American Horror Story, Wonderland, Twister, and a TV show from the '90s called The Practice. Oh man, it's like when you see that old girlfriend, that old flame, and you just you know enough time has passed now, and you just wish that they're doing well. I just hope Bobby's doing well. Bobby, tell me you're doing okay, and be there to stand up for your boy Eugene. This is what I'm here for. Please don't let me down, Keith. Tell me it's not going to let me down. I, I'm not. I, I can't. I can't qualify it, but I did just 
uh, know ahead of time to videotape your facial reactions of this, of how this happened. I don't know about the beard, but you know what? Whatever. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to shut up now just to listen to my boy Bobby because he make a make a make a me very happy. I used to work with this man. Well, thank you, sir, but we're not taking testimony today. Testimony? You make it sound like a trial. Somebody on trial here? Oh, his suit's too Actually, big. Actually, I just thought we could all Love use it. a good laugh. Season one, Bobby. Talking about Eugene Young's character, it's actually a little funny. You find it funny? We got a president lying to us about weapons so he could start a war. The president before that lied under oath about sex he was having in the Oval Office. We have a Supreme Court justice going duck hunting with the vice president while presiding over a case involving the vice president. Our biggest pop star is an alleged pedophile. Some of our athletes are up on murder and rape forgot charges about that. while the author of Deleted the Book it. of Virtues gambles millions of dollars in Vegas. And you're making character an issue? I hate to shock you, Mr. Donald, but it still counts. Well, if so, you sure as hell picked the wrong man to make an example of. This is a man who could go to a big firm and command a salary upwards of a million dollars. He works for a fraction of that. Why? Because he sees the erosion of civil rights and he fights to stop it. He sees high courts forsaking the Constitution and he rails against it. He sees an attorney general rounding up suspects like poker chips. We do not need a speech. You know that Dylan agreed to do this for for you for the character for Eugene. You know what I mean? Like it's weird, yeah. but it's it's like he didn't need to do it. He probably could have proved a point by not doing it, but he's like, I gotta I gotta pay some um, homage to he must have seen some of the season two and been like, I need to <laughs> we need to give a <laughs> we need to close this story. Come right. rescue us, Bobby, rescue well, us. We need the speech. The reason the justice system is so unfair in this country is because the benches are stacked with former prosecutors. We need to see yes. your character here. How about you confirm a man who cares more about civil liberties than throwing bodies in prison? Eugene Young hasn't forgotten why he went to law school. Eugene Young clings to the ideology that a defendant, every defendant, is entitled to a fair trial. Now, you want to cast him off because you don't like his politics or his views on the death penalty? Fine. But don't you dare cite as a pretext his character. Can you just walk into a room like that and start monologuing? You can if you have a... I got a very big dick. Yeah! Hell yeah. Uh, Hell least, can, I have, yeah. can we get a scene of them having lunch after or something? Oh, no, we're back to flirting. Betty Crane. Sally Heap, how's it hanging? How's what hanging? It's just an expression. Sally Heap. Nice, Sally. Sally. Make up your mind about tonight? Sally, you look like a hooker. Now, if you were a hooker, we might have a future, but you're intelligent. You have self-respect. You're even sweet. Those are deal breakers. Yeah, okay, fine. But while you continue to mull it over, just keep in mind that 25-year-olds don't just snap back physically, 
emotionally, we recover fast too, which means by this time tomorrow, I'll have moved on. You got a window, Al. Just because girls in your age bracket wait around, don't be thinking I will. So I would, I I was I watched that scene and I I thought about it right, and I I looked up their ages at this point in mm-hmm. uh, in in life, and when this episode aired, I was her age. Okay. To today, as we talk about it, I am his age. That's funny. One and two to. Uh, to speak for all we've said, what I like that is currently taking place is that the power dynamic is all kinds of shifted and Alan is flustered due to that. And that's a good look. It's a good new look, I'll say. Well, by good, I mean new, <laughs> different, uh, which in this case is interesting somewhat. Yeah, uh, yeah, so- somewhat, somewhat. I think... Clearly, they're setting pieces for to carry into series because, as I had had set up, because they can't like close this in a in. Well, maybe they can. Well, I guess I gotta let's see how it plays out. Yeah. That's a long shot of him leering at First, her. First, you gotta apologize. Yeah, I gotta apologize. Yes. Man, now we're having to sit was down. acting under the scope of you and him being friends when he whacked Rocco unconscious with the shovel. You torched my car. You pepper sprayed me. After you mugged Spinny. Which is what I'm going to do to you. Hey, 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 hey. We got clients out here. You guys either work it out or take it outside. Thanks, or Marissa Tomei. Raymond. The two youths. Are you sure? Positive. You can't be juicing your clients. That's how you'll get whacked for real. Raymond finds out you're loan shocking. That's their business, Lenny. You should know better. I'm under a lot of pressure. My wife wants a house in Florida. Business has been tight. To be losing some of it to you. Can't you go someplace else? What if they partner up? This has always been my dream. To come back here. This isn't an arbitrary thing for me, Lenny. This is where I grew up. For best story, this is straight out of his Sopranos arc. Me and you? Yeah, Mike, you you guessed it. You you could help me get me some more high-end stuff instead of competing with each other. Lenny, I'm an honest lawyer. I bring the pasta, you bring the fajou. Can't you just be honest most of the time? Me and you. Everybody leaves and it smells like ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it smells like salty meats and farts. I represent Charlie Andretti. We'll have your case like our meats hanging in the window. Cured. Cured. Supplier. I could sort of slip the feds some information they could use to put him away in exchange for dropping the case against Manny. You turn in your own client? I only do it when I can be sure it don't get found out. Look, I'm certainly not going to go into a business with a corrupt attorney. Suppose I change. 
My wife wants me to improve myself. I was hoping maybe you could be uh, a good influence. I can get Manny off. Come on, Jimmy. I got street creds. You got integrity. How about... And you're only a you know, multiple-time embezzler. A trial basis. Last trial basis we had with an attorney didn't go great. You want to go to court, Milton? No. Fine, but don't be waving that flag like it's some big threat. I'm in court every day. You're not. I like court. You don't. I'm comfortable Bobby's in new court. office and his giant so computer monitor. Bobby's new office, clearly on the same lot as the last office, maybe next door, maybe just redressed. Uh, Probably just redressed. Redressed Kelly's old office because, uh, but, yeah. oh, Keith, I don't know if you've already noted this, but please let that spare tire just for, please let it be in Bobby's new gross office. Please. Oh my Keep your God, eyes peeled. Would be amazing. Call me again and be honest. Tell me you want to settle because you don't want to go to court. Goodbye, Milt. Hope to hear from you. Eugene is loving it. You look like you having fun. Hey. Hey, how did you even know about that? Eleanor them? called me. I figured save your ass like old times. <laughs> now, I remember a lot of ass saving, but I think you might have things mixed up a bit. Anywhere? Not yet. You know, I don't have my hopes up. Uh, that isn't true, Eugene. Your hopes have been up on this for many years. Yeah. Context from Bobby. Look, I've been meaning to call you about... Um, when you gave me the firm, I know you expected... Being a judge is something I've always wanted. Eugene, I know that. I feel like... if I ever get this... I'd be walking out on something you left in my charge. Now it's you mixing things up. I walked. Remember? I just wish I'd done a better job running. Don't even go there. You led that firm the same way you've always served it. With honor. One second. Eugene Young. Flip phone. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I got it. Well, that was easy. Go on. The judge thing, the, the counsel confirmed me. I got it. Yeah! Eugene, that's... Look, 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 it's no big deal. It's... It's the biggest deal, man. I got it. <laughs> this is our season finale, Keith, right here. The hug. Oh, it's giving me every feel. They're pulling back. Show us a tire. Show us a tire. Please be a tire. Oh. Huh. We can dream. I, we can Photoshop I, it in. I imagine there was a tire behind the wall. Good for you. Yeah, Eleanor oh, saying it. Me. It's titillating. For the record, oh, now give Eleanor a great your scene. offer is rejected. I'm disappointed. I'll bet. Rather than steer my client toward accepting an unsatisfying offer, I steered her toward the firm Fine and Ambrown, which specializes in design defect product liability. I've also filed with the judge and the bar a complaint concerning your client's dishonest stonewalling tactics. And on a personal level, it's one thing for a corporation to engage in systemic discovery abuse, but for an attorney, these are real people. 
This is real suffering, injured by your clients' vehicles, and for you... Never mind. I've already filed my notice of withdrawal. And as I said, the offer, it's rejected. Eleanor. I know you've defended criminals, people you have no sympathy for. In civil cases, defendants are entitled to representation as well. It's not the same, and you know it. Yeah, I suppose I do. Which is why I'm feeling particularly bad about myself. I think I need to go shopping. And not just for something little. I am so ashamed I'm gonna buy a car. Something really, really redemptive. Would you like to come with me? Because I'd like that. Watching you watch me buy a $100,000 car. Can you excuse me a second? Oh, gee. Now I need to shop. <laughs> Wait a second. I need to think about this. Did, was the coin toss, am I going to throw away everything I worked for? And uh -huh. basically blow my legal profession up. Eugene's uh -huh. leaving. So everybody gets. Getting the salt charge. You know, my daughter. Remember, I have a daughter. I mean, it was a satisfying moment, I guess. If, like, you know, you could sort argue it, on the hockey field, right? She dropped the gloves. She, she did. I, I would like to go back and I want you to watch the stunt again. Because the force of this punch lifted yes. her off of the air, sent her literally flying. Like, this is a Captain America punch. Yeah, for those of you who couldn't put it together via audio, I mean, Eleanor knocked the shit out of her. After flipping a coin to decide whether she was going to do it or not. Yeah, she two-faced. And, and then... then and then Hannah Rose, actress, gave us the weirdest knocked-out face. It was, the, like, totally slapstick, but... This whole huh? thing is completely slapstick. Look at this punch again. Cameron's left ain't a oh, lefty, gee. apparently. Now I need to shop. Literally hit her so hard, she flew in the air, both feet in the air. We just had Bobby and Eugene have this amazingly redemptive, beautiful moment, like, I felt like I was like everything was buttoned up. We put it, we put oh, it to wow, bed, but then date? they just like blew up Eleanor. To be a date. But this is we're in Boston legal now. There are no consequences for things. Alan, do you want to? Comedy beats a comedy beat. There's no consequences so for comedy. Tell me that. Well, I suppose that when I see you alone, I worry about the company you're keeping. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The most lonely I've ever been has been in a relationship. I'm happiest alone. Conversations better. Certainly the sex is, albeit heavy-handed. Oh, that's a funny bit. 
An entertaining one, too, but as bits go, it's a bit. Tara, I've indulged your pop psychoanalysis with good humor for some time now. But to set the record straight, you do not know me, not even as bits go a bit. I know that you're afraid to let yourself feel for people. I'm quite capable I know of letting myself feel. Especially disenchantment. That like one comes up easily. They're about to make out. You go turning it into a word game. It's you playing games, telling me I can't feel. That's quite an then indictment. Then prove me wrong with evidence the last oh, time you fought for a woman in any relationship. I feel for you. They're going to start. We're going to be. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That doesn't mean I ever I have feelings for you well but you try to fuck everybody else that's hard to catch a fish in a net that way you know and also I drugged you no, I'd appreciate it eh. it's a bit Keith. Contrary to the rumors, I do practice law here. I have a lot of work to do. Would you excuse me, Tara? Alan. Would you excuse me, Tara? What are we taking from this moment? Confused. I have no idea. <laughs> Why is she shocked by this? I thought we kind of knew that we were playing that game. Oh, somebody's being wheeled out on a Is that Hannah Rose? <laughs> no, the total inconsistency is inconceivable. <laughs> it's inconceivable. Like, what's happening? She's on a back with a sheet over her. With that? I mean, based oh, on that uh, shot, she should be fucking dead. <laughs> Holy crap, that might have been the absolute, my absolute up, favorite thing we've again. ever seen. Because, hold on, why is it quiet all of a sudden? There's, there's quiet no moment? sound. Yeah, it's a quiet moment. But we got to back, you got to back it up. I got to see that. I got to see Rose being stretchered out on a Would backboard. Me, this is after like this serious heavy music playing because mm. there's an emotional. This is very serious. Nobody understands what's happening. <laughs> she's on a fucking. She's backboard. she's like, and they have her strapped down. Like no, Eleanor like they, broke her neck. They had yeah, they they literally have her on a backboard strapped strapped down like she has a broken neck. So Eleanor's gonna get her ass sued like crazy, right? You would imagine so, In yes. In one world, yeah. In one season one through seven of the practice, she sure would be. One through six for sure. Um, here comes Eugene. He's I guess you're just when you get approved, you're now you're just allowed to go into the courtroom. Yeah. Well, people go into the courtroom for the final shot all the time. Now he's gonna be on the bench, Keith. 
gonna be on the bench. Yeah, he is. Which we should all know, speaking of consequences, if he's joining, if he's gonna ascend to the bench, that means the practice will fall into the next partner. Since Jimmy's gone, that makes it Eleanor. She's the most senior partner. She's uh, but only, she's now got yeah. a pending pending assault charge. Yeah, one would imagine, yes. Uh pretty serious assault charge. But technically Jimmy could too. I guess Bobby could take it back. Eugene's sitting, he's gonna grab that gavel. He's touching the oak wood. He's caressing it even, Keith. No. Yeah. did it man hell yeah Eugene play that vindictive uh, vindictive uh, uh, validating music vindictive <laughs> vindictive music great shot hero shot I will cut you bitch wait no that's the vindictive one sorry starting to tear up you fade to black yeah. we never see Eugene again we never see Eugene again <laughs> Are they going to do a finale or are they just going to do the pilot of Boston Legal and they forget? Well, anything's possible, I suppose. Okay. Well, there it is. Season 8, episode 21, New Hood on the Block. We have done it. And now it is time uh, for the second to last High Coopsie, Mike. Although you need to do a oopsie high coopsie about oopsie high coopsie. Wow. Sum up the entire of us in 12 syllables. Flirt and flounce and bounce. Jimmy's Broad Brushes Warehouse. Judge lest you be judged. Hmm. All right. There it is. Now it is time for everybody's favorite fake award show. Jackie. Michael. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies! Yep. Bouncing and flouncing. Excellence in acting good. That, that, that just good. logo keyed out on Guesting your shirt is very funny. Good. And being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, I'll tell you. No. <laughs> They're a fake award show that we screw up every week, but uh, one of the things we do while we're screwing up is hand out an award for... Uh, well, here's what I think. Since he was able to 
protect his person via mace. And he was able to maybe cook up a deal and maybe through his uh, strength and and valor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he might have created the greatest Goomba partnership Boston has ever seen. I think we've got to give it to Jimmy Berluti for creating the Berluti Pescatore Consortium. Uh, I believe the firm is called Meatball and Meatball. Yes, that's right. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's the only one who actually did much lawyering. Sort of, so, kind of. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, Eleanor sort of bailed, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Hannah isn't isn't a, a lawyer on our show. I mean, no, no, she's still eligible, but she didn't actually do much other than just hazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean. And uh, Eugene is now is now a judge. He Eugene is now ineligible for most valuable lawyer because he's most valuable judge. He's the MVJ. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's Jimmy Berluti, senior partner of Meatball and Meatball, uh, and you get your MVL. Wait, no, that's not the right one. Jimmy did some stuff, and then he did some other stuff that was rough. He maced a Goomba in his face. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, Mike can say it because he is one. I can't. Uh, (laughs) Although I don't think Jimmy's Italian. I guess he has Berluti. Yeah, Yeah, it's Italian. Of course he's Italian. (laughs) All right. Already, Already famous because you've been oh, on yeah. TV. I can't Getting wait. A or the first entry on your IMDb. Way, Way to go. go! You're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Oh! Holy Ladies shit! Ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe it! It's time. We got to give him... Oh Many an oopsie. I hadn't even thought actor. about it. But today, I get the distinct honor to present the best guest actor oopsie to Dylan McDermott for his portrayal of Bobby Donald. And ooh, Chef's Kiss. It was so sweet. It was short, but that monologue was wonderful. It was everything I wanted to hear. Absolutely, Bobby McDonald. Or Dylan McDermott as Bobby McDonald. They're one of the same baby. Yeah. Oh wow. I I literally didn't even think about it. But of course, of course, Dylan McDermott is officially he's a special guest star, which I'm so glad that you didn't pick up when it came up on the screen. I didn't see it at uh, all. In the credits. I, and I was like, I was watching for I was I was watching your <laughs> eyes to see whether you would notice. <laughs> Big giant lettering, special guest star, Dylan McDermott. But thank no, God you didn't. Oh, I think I was still laughing about whatever joke I was laughing about. <sighs> yeah, probably so, the ballroom Something about one. your balls, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so sorry, world. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Dylan McDermott. I, 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 I feel so, so great about that. You know, I feel, I feel lighter. I feel, feel like I'm flying. Uh, with this news, almost to the point where I'm muted. Oh no! <laughs> oh, like, like she's, she's never, never so before. before. From Rocky, Rocky to 
Rocky Ghost. And what's even greater, and we mentioned it a little bit during the episode proper, that wasn't a probably wasn't a easy call from his agent. I'm sure the first seven seconds mm. were a little like fuck them, but I'm sure getting to set and seeing Cameron and seeing Steve and a bunch of other friends on the set and the crew, and I'm sure that he had a decent relationship with David still. I'm sure he understood the the finance, but who knows? Uh, we're speculating. But I, I bet you the reunion was fun. He clearly the chemistry between he and Steve Harris was palpable on on the on the yeah. film, and uh, it was so great to see him. And and we don't need to see any more Bobby. That was what I need to see. He seems like he's doing all right. He's having fun. I think they gave us what we needed. Uh, I'd love to. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> uh, I guess she's watching Baby Bobby. Rebecca. I mean, there's so much I want. Helen. I know I'm not going to get, but <laughs> but we'll take we'll take it. We'll take yeah. Bobby. Well, we will we will very much appreciate the Bobby-O. So, uh, all right, now it's time for... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show Steve Harris, they, they yeah. wrote Eugene the way Eugene should have been written all season... Uh, he was not, but we got him this week, and he was he was asked to play nice. He was asked to sort of sacrifice some of his bombast in service of his his goals, but he didn't do that because that's not what Eugene's about. Eugene has to say what he thinks, and in this clearly fictitious world, he was rewarded for it, uh, and it was great. He, we got to hear him kind of exercise some of his demons and his his regrets about leaving the practice. Bobby exonerates him for those feelings, mm -hmm. even though Eleanor should have done that weeks ago, but it took Bobby to do it. Their friendship felt real. It felt lived in. Everything Steve Harris did this week in a truncated arc uh, felt great. And it's, I'm so happy. And then that last moment, him with the gavel, that could have been corny and cheesy was not because he... Played that glee. Because he's Steve Harris. It was weighted with not just his excitement for himself, but you could see that all the layers of things he, people he thought he could help and the fairness he thought he could, he can bring to the bench, I think is all there in his portrayal without words and ways. So it's just beautiful. And I'm so happy that we're getting to hand out all these oopsies to like OG firmers. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, I, the, Steve does tremendous work here and um i would have here's my pitch to redo the the final arc of the practice right this should have been a four episode arc eugene's confirmation and have it be bigger have it be political and have basically you you can you can do like a better version of the final episode of seinfeld where all these people come back and try to battle against Eugene for everything the firm has done for the last seven seasons. And then we have people coming up and testifying on his behalf. And it, you know, Eugene becomes a stand-in for the firm. And we explore the whole history of it. Uh, you can bring back all the guest stars and, and make it about something. 
and and they did a little bit like the little microcosm his speech about the the death penalty i thought was great and brilliant and the show has the show has done a really good job at making that case and it and it recapitulates it and makes it personal and it should be it should be a three three four episode arc of Eugene battling tooth or nail to become a judge and uh you know at the last second we finally get the reveal that he that he makes it that I think would be a really fun way to finish this yeah but I'm with you we're not getting that no we'll take what I'm, we can get we'll take what I'm, we can get yeah I, sh- I should just like write it I should write those three episodes for no reason Keith yes this just in hold on I'm getting mm. word What's what's uh, that? Just like Bobby Donald came from nowhere out of the back of the courtroom, I'm getting mm-hmm. word that for the last time on the Out of Practice podcast, Tom Brady has come out of retirement what? for one last guest appearance. We've got to hand out the uh, Tom Brady Award for Tom Bradying, but one last time as a oh guest. Oh my star. God! Does he have a beard? The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Yes, I mean, and it it looks as dumb as you Giselle. think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's on the internet. Don't text me later to take it out because I won't. <laughs> uh, this one's easy. In fact, unfortunately for Tom, he comes out of retirement just to get his neck broken and, and <laughs> neck boarded as it's Tom Brady getting uppercutted by Eleanor, uh, sending him on his way. Yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. There it is. And uh, all right. Good to see we you, We didn't Tom. see one, but uh, I was, uh, I, I imagine it was in this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Oh, Keith, this is going to be a terrible rating because my heart is soaring, much like the eagle. And, uh, there are problems. There are there are nits to pick for certain. But this is the episode that gave me the the, the closure that I needed. Uh, God knows what's going to happen next week. I'm sure it will be unsatisfying. But at least for this next seven days or whenever we record this, next couple of hours. <laughs> next couple of hours, exactly. I will feel that Bobby's okay. His friendship with Eugene is restored. Jimmy is doing all right in the in the whatever universe that is he lives in. Uh Eleanor is got a future in MMA and <laughs> Eugene will be uh an an extra in many a future podcast on crime shows in other universes. I think it's uh it's satisfying in that regard. And I really thought Steve Harris and Dylan just Gave me all of the feels I wanted. I can't believe that was the show we used to get to watch every week, and I didn't appreciate it when I had it. <laughs> uh, but to see it, it reminded me of how good we used to have it. And mm. the, you know, in the other, in the in the firm universe, notwithstanding the Eleanor beat, which I'm going to let you tackle because I don't know how to even conceptualize it. It was a great laugh, but then when they mixed it with like the real world with the music, I just. I couldn't even, uh, I still can't. My brain is literally spinning on its stem. But I will say with the Allen arc, they've planted enough seeds with Tara that it seemed like a thing that could be for real. And at least he showed a little vulnerability. And I don't know why that blew her mind so hard. 
that whole beat needs I need to revisit. But with Flirt and Flouncy with with Coyote Ugly, I like that. You know, interestingly, it was even though she was just being used as kind of a, a pawn in that the Allen storyline, she had a great moment with Denny Crane, which I I kind of loved when she sort of said her name twice, gave him the he made him the butt of the joke, and sort of was holding court in that room. I thought that was a good beat for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it's weird that they opened the episode with the with the that that story with or that world. I wish they had started with the Eugene world and that had been the main focus. It did feel like it was kind of on the side still, which I, I guess I understand, but they've already greenlit Boston Lego. Why can't we just like let it sit for a couple weeks while we close out our show that we're actually on? Uh, I don't know. I wish I really want to know the <sighs> politics of it. Yeah. Regardless, I feel happy. I feel joy, which is not something I have been feeling after the podcast recently watching these episodes. So I'm going to give it, Keith, the closer out. I'm sure it's unearned. You're going to you're going to nail it. So the average should hopefully come down. I'm going to give it nine full spare tires. Uh, We're just missing. It's just missing one like 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 Dylan's new office. So that's that's how I'm feeling. Wow. Yeah, I just had a physical reaction to that. Uh, <laughs> it's all about the average, baby. Yeah, look, I, this was a this was not the travesty that we've been seeing for the last few episodes. Um, you know, all the complaints we've had this whole time still apply to this, right? It still applies that uh you know, we have two shows in two different worlds sort of competing three. with each three. Well, now we have three, right? And they're sort of competing with each other tonally and character-wise, and, and there's just so many mouths to feed uh, in terms of the, the actors on the show now. Um, so I, I'll, I'll get the stuff I didn't like out of the way. Um, obviously, the... <sighs> The Alan, who's who's Alan ballrooming with? Like, I obviously I, I don't ever really care about this on this show, um, but I think that the the mystery of Alan's motivations and why every woman in the world is so compelled by him has stopped becoming a mystery. It's just noise because it's not a mystery that's being unraveled and we're learning something. It's just now an affectation, not a story. And there's a difference. And and now it's like, I stopped caring. I stopped wondering because there's nothing to wonder. There's no story there. There's no there there. It's just, it's it's this is his affectation like i said so um yeah fine whatever uh you know the hannah rose hazing with the boxes like yeah all right i didn't hate that it's a, it, was an, it was a cool visual it sort of makes sense it, it fits the character um eleanor slapstick assault it's embarrassing it's embarrassing for the show it's embarrassing for the character it's so stupid it's do you feel like they could have Allie McBeal'd it in that she does the coin flip, she knocks her out, and then it's a hard cut back to her doing the coin flip and like 
in her, it was sort of just like a, she had a fantasy of knocking her out. It would have been completely outside of the the way we've shot the show for seven seasons, but so was having her actually knock her out. So at least well, it would have been. It would have made a great deal more sense to do that. But uh, like beyond the the punch and her flying, it's it's so slapstick and so silly. Like that, that would be too much on a comedy, right? right? Like it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous from a physical standpoint, from a character, like Eleanor's character, like, whoa, that's, that's, you, Eleanor's great final beat is going to be that. The character of Eleanor Frutt after all of this, that's her. You know, Eugene gets to be a judge and Eleanor like cartoon punches this lady. <laughs> Like what the hell? And I mean, you know, it is somewhat. They are calling her big boned all episode, and it's like we're back to that. So at least we all feel like just knock them the fuck out. Well, so we can, I mean, that. yes, and that would be so much more satisfying if Eleanor had ever met this woman before. And the thing that she did to to get the punch to happen mattered at all, like. The like Eleanor had no reason to punch her. She was vaguely annoying as a lawyer, right? <laughs> was what the like, happening? Where'd you go? I don't know. What are you doing over there? I um, it's just like the the conflict they had. It, nothing she did. I'm gonna go shopping. That was the thing that's gonna. I'm gonna risk the rest of my life and career because you said you wanted to go shopping because you're mean. I mean, come on. Like if if this was the end of like a season long arc where they've been battling about all these things and it got personal and it got whatever, no, it was just cheap. It was cheap and lazy and bad. But then they doubled down. They wheeled her out. During they the, wheeled like, her out in a freaking stretcher. Which I have to say, we saw Bobby McRambo. We saw the delivery guy delivering bodies, just like sight unseen. We've seen a lot of crazy shit. That might've been the weird, the craziest thing we've seen. I have to say, it even the guy, that might've superseded the dude blowing off the toilet. Blowing off the toilet, throwing a guy out a window. Eleanor is the most violent character on the series. Cause she, she had tried to punch Lucy. She got in a physical fight with, uh, uh, with, uh, what's her name? I, I it's, it's just cheap and bad. You it was know, weird. It, it was weird. It, sure. it wasn't. It wasn't a, a fair or kind thing to do to the character or to Cameron. Uh, all right. So yes. I mean, that's is it as out. bad as what we ke- that being Kelly Williamed? I mean, it was being Kelly Williams, but was it worse? Well, Kelly Williams. That was a season long descent into crazy. Into crazy, but it was treated like. I'm invested in this character. I'm getting off on torturing this character and putting her through hell for no particular reason, but I'm really invested in this character. This shows a lack of investment in the character. This is like, I don't really care, whatever, just make her punch somebody, right? And and so I do think it's worse. Um, all right, so yes, that's the stuff I didn't like. The stuff I did like, I mentioned before, I think Eugene's, both his story, his performance, what he was, the ground he was standing on and how he was doing it. Uh, it was great. Loved every bit of it. I loved, um, you know, Dylan coming back in that moment. Like it made perfect sense. It was great. Um, you know, I thought his, I, I feel like the, his speech and that part of it could have used a rewrite. Um, 
like it was it was a really good first draft, but they hadn't quite honed in because you know the way it's represented on the show. Bobby's coming and giving that speech is the linchpin between him getting the judgeship and him not getting the judgeship, and it was close. It was close, but it wasn't quite enough, I think, to justify the outcome. Um, but whatever, uh, you know, seeing Steve and Dylan together again was great. Steve's last, yeah, I thought the was scene great. following, yeah, the scene in the office was better. Bobby's self awareness about absolving Eugene of of guilt for for leaving the firm, like I liked that. That was a good good color for the character. He also, and as Eugene saw, um. Bobby was happy and it was, it was really good to see Bobby being happy that he chose to do this smaller firm, which of course now like he might as well just take over the, the firm because it's the same size as the one he's working on now. I mean, it, it basically goes he back to season one. Did you catch wedding Bobby. ring? Did you catch that? I did not, but I, I, I I'm doubt. sure he's not, but I, it would have been an interesting little Easter egg. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think, I think this, redeems a little bit of Bobby's decision to go back to being season one Bobby, essentially, because you know, Bobby's gone full circle. Season one Bobby, he was like in his messy office and his his two big suit fighting for the little guys in these in a small little firm. And that's where he's at now. Um so I like all that. So all in all, I think there's some shitty moments. There's there's some really bad and really good in this episode. And so that makes for a pretty like mediocre tires. It's tough. Uh, I'm going to give it 7.21 tires. Um, okay. So like I, I'd give it an eight and a half for Eugene's story and like a four for everything else. Uh, I can confirm no wedding ring for Bobby. Okay. Well, there we have. That's There's the uh, important journalism you get here. Uh, yeah. Well, guys, it's one left. Wow. Crazy town. There's one episode left. Uh, yeah, I can't believe it. We're going to do this outro only uh, three more times. Only one more regular episode like this. Uh, wow. So if you'd like to uh, let us know what you thought about all of that, you can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at outofpracticepodcast. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash K&M and get lots of cool bonus materials. Uh, while you're online, leave us a rating and review. Maybe it'll help people find the show in the years to come, Michael. Speaking of the years to come, Keith and I can't stop, won't stop. So if you've enjoyed the past couple of years of the Out of Practice podcast, we're doing some other stuff currently. We have a show on YouTube called Look at My Star Trek Toys, where we talk to Keith about his Star Trek toys, his Playmate Star Trek toys, but it's growing. It's growing into other things, uh, and we'll continue to do so. We're talking to some cool creators. We also have a show called Keith and Mike Watch Deep Space Nine. It's basically this, but with Deep Space Nine, and we talk a lot more uh, and watch a lot less Somehow. in real time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but we're having fun. We've got all the good stuff on the Patreon, like Keith said. We're never going to stop. Leave a rating or review because people will listen to this in the future. I believe it won't die just like the show never did. Keith and I are coming back. And when we do, we'll always have those laser sounds. Laser sounds. Laser sounds.